Which one of you? Which one of Dominic? you is going to? What? Twilight. Read the <laughs> books or and or watch the movies. Oh wow. Um, <laughs> I was I was prepared to talk about which one of you was going to be singing to me in High Valerian today, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I am not ashamed to admit I have read the books. Um, Stephanie I Myers had, fan? No, um, I just kind of wanted to know what everybody else was about, and I was at a point in my life where I had ample time. Um, uh, I hated nobody, them. Nobody has that much time. Just and saying. I have seen one of the movies at least. <laughs> okay. Why Why uh, are we talking about this? Why were uh, we talking about this? Oh, because Aaron said it was lovely to gaze upon my pale visage. And I said, like, pale good or pale bad? He said, like, pale, like, kind of shiny, sparkly. I said, oh, like a like a vampire from <laughs> Stephanie Meyer's oh. series of books, Twilight. <laughs> And then we went down that path. So there you have it. Yeah, I had I, am, I, I had never read it. I've never not read them. I'm not yeah. a, I'm not a fan. But I I was telling Ryan that I worked at a movie theater when I believe the first one came out. Uh, and then for a time later, I worked at more than one hot topic across the Inland Empire. Naturally, and yeah, <laughs> right, and. uh Twilight obviously prominently featured at Hot Topic in the early aughts. Still is. <laughs> yeah, definitely still is. You can still fucking buy a word shirt. Listen, I've been to a Hot Topic maybe once in that's not I'm not exactly their demo, okay? Yeah, they um, have Lakers jerseys. <laughs> no, they don't. They have Stranger Things cosplay. I'm a Stranger Things fan. That's though. That's that's something. I picked my Halloween costume to get hey, us sidetracked way I'm going to tell you what I tell my high school kids. Ready? You don't give a shit. Every, nope. Oh, it's better than that. Every year I do it. Every year it works. Every year they get pissed off at me. I say, how many of you are going trick-or-treating? And, you know, a good chunk of their hands go up and I go, too old, too old, too old. And I point <laughs> at them individually. <laughs> Aaron, sir, you are too old to have a Halloween costume. What if I'm going to a costume party? Is it an eyes wide shut party? <laughs> Would that I, have to I, be a specific I, costume? I can yes. neither confirm <laughs> yes, nor deny. I can neither confirm nor deny that, and I will not be wearing uh, a burl. Uh, what are those? A masquerade like type costume? Masquerade? No. Yes. <laughs> not not doing that. No, I think I'm going to do Al Borland. I got a red flannel. I got a a Binford Tools hat, and I'm prepared to be co-host of Tool Time. With Tim the Tool Man Taylor. You know, he was really the the host, right? He was the guy who was showing you how to do everything. So you are, that is who you are. Yeah, because real men don't need instructions. Yeah, it is true. <laughs> you're like, you're the co-host, but really you're doing all of the work. Mm -hmm. Yeah, my favorite part about it is that I, I'm definitely going to wear it to a business uh, costume party. And Al Borland, or the actor who, as we have discussed, made a very big mistake in his crypto investments. <laughs> very big. <laughs> and is not no, the <laughs> No, he, he's the one who said, I've thought about it, and, and NFTs aren't for me. <laughs> that's right. So yeah. never mind. He's no, my no, no, hero. No, no, no. I, no, Richard Karn is who I'm thinking of. That That's him. That is him. Yeah, that's, that's the oh, same Al guy. Is, oh, got it. Okay. Yeah, Al Borland yeah. is Richard Karn. <laughs> You're absolutely right. Okay, so that actually makes it even better for me because everyone in this crowd will have like stuff just say about crypto and stuff. So I'm excited about it. That'll be really fun.
Uh, I do the the classic old guy. It's my daughter, my nephew, my niece, my other niece, my baby nephew, uh, and then my siblings. And uh, we we walk them through our neighborhood. Actually, like you guys have both at least seen the outside of my house. If you go, if your face, if my house is to your back and you go left and then right, that ha- that street is wild on Halloween. Oh yeah, so we, yeah, we have a good time. What kind of wild are we talking? Like big parties, well, haunted houses, and shit. Somebody just puts out like, not like traffic cones, but enough of those like slow down kids at play signs mm-hmm. that they basically block the street off. And so there's kids everywhere, and there's like four or five houses that serve alcohol. And usually by that point, I'm drunk enough to not really care if it's like been <laughs> roofied or something. And then uh, one year. Two years call ago? them floories. <laughs> yeah. Two years ago, my daughter was a, she, her costume was a dozen donuts. And uh, ah. she won a contest we didn't even know she was in. And so they had this giant basket of shit that they gave her. It was awesome. So we always kind of, we go down the less lit street and then head down the sort of more party street. It's a good time. So what you're saying, like, there are neighbors who are doing trick-or-treating, but for the adults, they're just giving away booze? So the, there that is absolute awesome. trick-or-treating, absolutely trick-or-treating. All the yeah. kids are getting all the candy. And then there is a separate station at multiple houses where they give out alcohol. Sometimes it's just like, hey, you want a White Claw? And sometimes it's like, hey, I have this witch's brew. And you're like, well, that's 80% spirits. <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. The uh, aforementioned jungle juice of college notoriety. <laughs> or, or man, or so whatever much it is. Right? <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's good. It's it's a good time. Yeah, man, Everclear and Fruit Brunch. That was the thing. Yeah. Or like just like (laughs) cherries or like watermelon soaked Everclear. (laughs) Oh, yeah. When I was that and when I was when I was that age, the big thing was 99 bananas. Mm. That's strange. Yes. I've never it's never been a 99 bananas type of thing when I was that age. I, in fact, Mm. distinctly remember going to a party in which several high school seniors were drinking 99 bananas on the rocks trying to look like they were sipping bourbon on the rocks and i was even at that point i was like what in the fuck are they doing <laughs> that's no that's just that's that's, okay. that's like a mixer for a for a cocktail a divorced 43 year old woman orders not <laughs> not something to drink the way they're drinking it yeah no clearly um i was gonna say like prior to we got on this 99 bananas tangent um the yeah it's, a little, it's like a schnapps yeah, oh, see, yeah. now listen, if the if you were to give me, if you were to say, hey, who are five people you want to spend a Monday night Halloween with? <laughs> Cliff is which. in the top four. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. He said like, oh, I love taking the kids trick, trick or treating because he would just take one of those large thermoses and fill it full yes. of ice and bourbon and water yep. Yep. and just get hammered. Yep. Taking the kids trick or treating. He said it was a great time. Uh, his <laughs> uh, his spouse of fame patty would just hand out the <laughs> mm-hmm. spouse of fame yes um of notoriety yeah would just hand out the candy while he would take the children trick-or-treating while he was just getting obliterated and none were the wiser you can call and- me you can call me crazy ryan did i attend a party at the immortal cliff's house it, oh, which yeah, was a absolutely. costume party we he, we would I have on a- the regular Okay, thank Diego, you. We would do many. Um, well, it was a it was a yearly thing where we do a Halloween, yes, uh, or an annual Halloween party. Where I men mentioned in a previous episode where I hated dressing up because I always got the mm-hmm. 
last minute shit costumes. And then yeah. I found out if you just spend a little bit of time <laughs> to prepare, it was actually fun. Yeah, I went with Brandon Williams. We went to one uh, and Brian came as well. It was a oh, good party. Also in my top five for Halloween party guests. Yeah, Brandon, Brandon Williams. Brian? Heck yeah. Brian. Yeah, Brian. Brian. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know Brian? The, this for Brian. I've known Brian since the third oh, grade. Not the Brian I know then. <laughs> no, okay. yeah, you don't oh, know. Oh, got Brian. it. But uh, I'm right about that, the Brian I know too. Yeah, you are. <laughs> he told Ryan, he told a girl once at a bar. <laughs> <laughs> this is definitely a bar you've been to. I'm gonna say that. No free shout outs. Um <laughs> we would go and close it down many a Friday and Saturday night. And uh, this girl started eating like off of his plate, but like not, he wasn't like, Hey, help yourself to some of these fries. He had like finished with his food and kind of pushed the plate away. And there was some, like what you would call, you know, like there was like (laughs) three quarters of a French fry there, like half a bite of his burger left over there. Maybe whatever the, you know, (laughs) It was ripe for the garbage. And she she started eating it. And he goes, what are you doing? And she goes, she's terrible. And she goes, well, aren't you done with this? And he goes, get away from me. You smell like old cheese. <laughs> it was, I almost fell out of my chair. I was laughing so hard. She was so offended. It was so great. Old cheese. You smell like old cheese. You smell, get away from me. <laughs> you smell like old cheese. And then I thought, like, well, what if you did something serious to him? Like, what if you slashed his tires? What would he say then? Like, all she did was eat something he certainly was not going to eat. It's still gross. She shouldn't have done that. But right. <laughs> he's very high maintenance. The, the verbal lashing he would give you is. <laughs> I mean, that's a level. Of, I mean, let's speak on what she did, right? It's a level of desperation that. Yes. Yes. Only a certain level of intoxication <laughs> and or hunger is going to bring about. Yeah. <laughs> the highest of standards on the Pretty Neat Podcast. Listen, what did I tell you guys? Come for the MMA, stay for the nonsense. This is what it is. It is true. <laughs> it's time for the Pretty Neat Podcast. Welcome to the Pretty Neat Podcast, where we talk about MMA and other pretty neat stuff. I'm one of your hosts. I have the takes that nobody thinks of. My name is Aaron. With me, my two favorite human beings that I like to talk to once a week and once a week only. (laughs) Uh, The man with the man with the bad gambling advice. Yeah. Dom, did you guys know? How much experience with mason jars do you guys have? I've dabbled in some mason jars. We live in a pretty conservative area. Do you ever like you ever get into like uh, pickling tomatoes and shit? No, you should. That's, a, that's the liberal area. Can you tell me? And that, and that's where I cross over in many areas. Can you tell me the brand, the only brand of mason jar? Do you know it off the top of your head? No. Okay, it's Ball. And they have Bowl a very jars. specific, a very specific font, and they apparently sponsor the Denver oh. Nuggets Arena. 
<laughs> so it's ball arena ball arena where they play the ball where they play basketball hell yeah uh, uh, I, I don't even know what anything is anymore that's do you what think I'm the lakers say. are going to win tonight yes no, or no no i don't so they're going to go and five uh oh and four actually they're already oh and four they're oh and three um are you sure yeah i'm looking at it um <laughs> You know what? Usually, Ryan. Fuck and that. You know what? I third, give bad. <laughs> I give bad gambling advice. The Lakers are going to win tonight. Put money on them right now. They're down by four with ten minutes left in the second quarter. Well, the person with good points <laughs> to go with the bad gambling advice is Ryan. Yeah, just don't listen to me on UFC two eighty one because I was wrong on just about everything. <laughs> on two eighty. Two eighty. Two eighty. Saying don't listen to him for two eighty one. Well, because mm-hmm. I'm picking Israel, and yeah. we all know that Dom has oh. the hardest of hard-ons. Yeah, I do. On Alex Pena. <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Although, I think it's, where's my damn, I gotta get my soundboard out. I am so lazy. We talked about <laughs> being prepared at the beginning of last week's episode, Dom, and I am not. <laughs> but I do think that we deserve at least this because <laughs> we killed it with our picks actually last week we did pretty well <laughs> if, if anybody did happen did- to listen to our picks and like kind of work out what our picks were <laughs> right because we discuss it we go back I'll tell and you forth what they were incoherent that's what they're, they were they're fairly incoherent yeah. but they're also moderately understandable <laughs> And like uh we uh even if you went like oh Aaron and Ryan agree with this and Dom yeah. doesn't, or if you did Dom and Ryan agree with this, but Aaron doesn't, if you picked two out of three in alignment with us, you were eight for eight on the fights well, we chose. Uh is that mm-hmm. accurate? So did we took Manon? Yep, by decision. Yep. I feel like I remember us taking Benil. Uh I called Benil by decision hard. But that it was one. going to be a tough fight, and it kind of wasn't. Uh, um, it, it wasn't not tough. <laughs> we're gonna talk about Jan and O'Malley later. Did we pick Sterling right? Ryan yes, specifically we... picked Sterling by TKO. Okay, and then I for sure picked Charles. I picked Charles as well. Um, I don't remember if I had Bilal or Sean Brady. We had Kyle Barayo for sure. I believe we had Nikita Krylov. We did. Um, I, I I picked. Uh, you picked Kyle. For I picked sure. Kyle, but I didn't pick Krylov. I did okay. pick. I, I did picked pick Krylov to win. Yeah, I picked Krylov after a war and a tough decision, and we did get that, which I was I was pretty happy about. Uh, holy shit! Uh, but uh, Dom, <laughs> also, you were the only one who called KO for Bilal. Did I say that? Yeah, Ryan and I were both talking about uh, you and Ryan. Sorry, we're mostly talking about Bilal winning, of course, because I thought Sean Brady would get it done with a knockout. A lot of people Um, did. Yeah, definitely. I was one of them. You know, he's undefeated. I hadn't seen him lose. Now I have uh, with a broke ass nose too. uh, from remember. He will certainly remember the name. uh, What do you think about that stoppage? I loved it a little bit early. No, I loved it on the feet. You thought that was okay? Absolutely. I thought it was good. It, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not arguing with it. Just I would be open to the in, 
the idea that it was just a tad bit early. Better a tad early than a tad late. Sean Brady yeah, wasn't recovering yeah, from that. I, I agree with you on that. Mm-hmm. Fair, yep. fair point. Yep. Uh, geez. For Islam. Oh, yeah, there it is. And Islam. Oh, that's right, Dom. You had Charlie by stoppage. Yeah. Uh, and then I had Islam by KO in round two, and he got it in sub. Ooh. So... Do we want to talk about that one first? Because it's kind of the least compelling of the main three fights on this card. Yeah, I think so. I should play the song. (laughs) So Islam Makachev is the lightweight champion of the world. Who does he fight next? Do we uh, want to jump around? No, we got to re-recap he's gonna first. Fight, he's he's going to fight Volkanovski. Yeah. yeah, that's right. We already know gonna that. They're going to fight at 284 in Perth. They're going to fight in fucking Australia. That's awesome. <laughs> My bad. What about this fight? What'd you think? What'd you think? What'd you like? Fucking it was... not competitive at all. It wasn't. Surprisingly so. Um, yeah. I don't know. I mean, like, obviously, on the day, fights can take many different paths and... Mm. We don't know what current state, mental or physical, those other people or the combatants are going to be in, but it wasn't competitive. And I was shocked. Clearly, it could be. I mean, I picked Oliveira to be able to open himself up for a finish, but be able to capitalize on, you know, the scramble ability. Mm -hmm. And it just never happened. Um, Makachev is a fucking beast. And his defense was insane. His defense was great. Olives was trying rush anything. He didn't he rush trying. anything. He didn't put himself in a bad position, which is, is intriguing. Like in the future prospect with him versus Volkanovsky, who is the ultimate game planner is like, what does he do to try and get himself in a position to win with this guy who you're not going to go to the ground with? and is defensively sound and is always going to be threatening to take you down with either a double leg or single leg. He's going to go to a body lock and then put you up against the cage and use inside trips or leverage and put you to the ground. And then you're fucking done. Once you're on the ground with that, that guy it's over. Mm -hmm. So what do you do? Like that's, that's the most intriguing thing. I think Volkanovsky clearly at a disadvantage physically based on his stature even if he played rugby at 211 plus pounds, like you're not bigger than this <laughs> oh, guy. You're not bigger than this guy. Like Mahashev is going to eventually fight at 170 and you're a 145-er. I'm mm-hmm. intrigued, right? Because I, I yeah. really, truly believe in what Volkanovsky can do in terms of like a, a, an adequate amount of amount of time to game plan. But But what do you do? Like what's... He's going to have to solve the Rubik's Cube real time. Uh, next to John Jones and Francis Ngannou, which would likely be the next biggest fight ever that they could possibly make, this really is a, a divine opportunity. It's not often that the pound-for-pound pound two fighters in the pound-for-pound pound top three, let alone top five maybe, are in the same weight class. And in this position to really fight over it for double belt status. I love all of it. 
all the show is there. I'm really happy about this move for Volkanovsky, not to mention the fact that it makes the featherweight division interesting again in a lot of ways. He's going to defend both. But if he doesn't, then it still, I think, makes featherweight more interesting. I like the idea of him moving up. I agree. I agree with Aaron. Like him, even if he doesn't win, he's like, okay, I'm moving up. You have all this opportunity in the featherweight division. Like Yair Rodriguez is like the guy who comes to mind who hasn't gotten a title fight yet. Yeah. Um, in that division, who is super exciting to watch. Yeah. He should him fight against, Josh Emmett. Him again. Yeah. Josh Emmett, that'd be a great fight. Like Calvin, Calvin Cater, right? And Arnold Allen, that's going to be a great fucking fight that's coming up on Saturday. We'll talk about that in a few minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, Giga Chikadze, even though he lost his last fight, he's still exciting. Bryce Mitchell exciting as fuck yeah and who there's who's just he, a lot of great stuff and now bryce mitzer is gonna fight Ilya tapuria right right yeah, that who's one? undefeated they're both undefeated right yeah they, they're both undefeated yeah bryce was gonna fight Mavsvar evloev but evloev had an injury and pulled yes. out uh and that Ilya, this is a great opportunity for Ilya, and that's gonna be a really hard fight for it's bryce a, it's a straight like old school styles matchup you got a wrestler versus a striker um, mm-hmm. who Ilya is, I think he's knocked out his last three opponents mm-hmm. and Bryce Mitchell, who submits everyone who twisters in the UFC of like of three, three twisters <laughs> in the history of the UFC, which is amazing. Um, There's and obviously the other he's one. the, yeah. And Chan Sung Jung has the third one. Oddly enough, all in the featherweight division. That's strange. Mm-hmm. Um, or is it, I mean, just based on their dexterity and, and overall, well-roundedness yeah um i also heard that they were talking about aljo versus henry cejudo yeah 84 in perth for the uh the bantamweight crown and one of them could go up too if either of them wins they could go up if alexander volsky volkanovsky's not there because marab won't fight aljo for the bantamweight belt i think they would fight each other eventually if they had to but i mean i agree with you aaron Marab, who's beating that fucking guy, right? <laughs> I don't, I mean, the last one was close, but I think that he, he needs to be in a contender spot. And He's, I mean, his last name is Devalishvili. He's a whirling dervish of cardio <laughs> in this activity, right? A whirling dervish? A whirling dervish. That's a tremendous. Top, a whirling top of that. Marab, the whirling. That should be his motherfucking nickname. You're welcome, Rob. I will take I will take minimal royalties for that. He should also be a well seasoned beef dish. (laughs) That is well seasoned. I will have with expertly prepared finger potatoes. I'll have the Marab developed with the fingerling potatoes. (laughs) Light salt. What do you think uh, for for Oliveira then next in this? Well, they're saying Darius, right? Nah, I uh, mean that's a that's a good fight. Who's uh what we, well Poirier and Chandler are fighting presumably for top contender to fight Islam. Well, hmm. after Volkanovsky. Islam or Volkanovsky, whoever wins there, maybe. It's still a fucking log jam, right? Lightweight, yeah. featherweight, it's a log jam. You're I mean, if you have Oliveira fight Dariush, okay, then you're next in line after Gaethje and Chandler. And I mean, I'm sure Dom feels the same way. Like having Makashev as the champion just kind of like reinvigorates some of those people that have lost previously 
to have another chance and would still be a really exciting fight like Michael Chandler, like Dustin Poirier, like Justin Gaethje, those guys that you think those guys have a chance against him. I'm just saying they're action fighters and you yeah, don't yeah. know what's going to happen mm-hmm. in terms yeah, of true. Very like true. the ability to, mm-hmm. to knock somebody out or just uh, yeah. that, 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 yeah. that, um, yeah, I, inabil- inability to like predict what's going to happen in that. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. That's fair. I would love to see if Michael Chandler can get past Dustin Poirier. I would like to see Michael Chandler up there only because I'd like to see him fight somebody in Khabib's camp. Chandler's kind of the the guy who didn't fight Khabib, you know. Uh, and uh, I I want to see well, him. Chandler was in Bellator. Yeah, he I know that for sure. But I mean, Poirier Bellator. fought Khabib. Gaethje fought Khabib. Oh, I, I see what you're saying. They yeah. all of them proved got to face the 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 greatest of all time, right? Um, and now Islam is his protege, and is, Khabib is not the greatest of all time. Don't say that. Second greatest, of, the greatest all time. of all time. Who's the greatest no. of all time? Uh, John Jones, UFC <laughs> fighter or greatest lightweight of all time? Lightweight. Oh, yeah, it might be Khabib. Lightweight, yes, it's probably Khabib. <laughs> and if and if and you know what, if Islam can defend multiple times, <laughs> I mean, how many times? And Bilal, right. I mean, can Bilal be in the comp- well welterweight contender conversation now? Who, if yeah, he's under so. Khabib's camp, Khabib's legacy will live on even further as a coach, which is going to put him more so in the GOAT conversation for prolonging his legacy that way. I mean, I don't hear people talking about how John Jones camp is turning me into a champ too. At least Cejudo, at least Cejudo Mm -hmm. and Khabib turned their chain and DC, although he works with Khabib, uh, turn their, their uh, champs championships into legacy. uh, Yeah, that's fair. And John Jones is not doing that right now. So he's not building a legacy. He is the greatest of all time right now, but legends never die, according to Babe Ruth's ghost. <clears throat> and that's from Sandlot. The that's second, from the Sandlot. A movie that doesn't movie. really hold up. Do you guys think that... <laughs> what? <laughs> Volkanovsky, I'm going to skip right past that because I agree. Uh, I think I could even say I've never seen it. Do you guys think that Volkanovsky can beat Makachev? I think there's a possibility. If you were to ask me, like, right now, who wins in a fight, I'm going to say Islam. Probably nine times out of ten. Right now, I would say, I would say Islam. I would say seven times out of ten. Okay. I think Volkanov, he's tough. You know, I, I look at, or I, I feel like if Islam was going to finish Volkanovsky, you'd do that by KO, which mm-hmm. Volkanovski is very tough. I don't think that's going to happen. Or um, maybe a Kimura, uh, some sort of uh, submission like that. Uh, I don't see him getting choked like mm. Brian Ortega tried twice. Nobody gets submitted by Kimura anymore. Yeah, It's more it, of just a, Islam a, a submission submitted Dan, used for leverage. Yeah, but he submitted Dan Hooker with it two fights ago. Dan Hooker is not a championship fighter. Yeah, Dan Hooker is not exactly Alexander Volkanovski. <laughs> but you said that nobody does it anymore, and Islam did it one fight ago. Okay, so in that point, based on what I said, <laughs> you were absolutely correct. However, 
I amend my statement to say that. that <laughs> oh, uh, I'm sorry. Now we're going to start saying like when we're incorrect <laughs> about stuff. Championship fighters do not get submitted by Kimuras. That is true. <laughs> that That's okay. That's that I'm down for it. They let their arms break. <laughs> Look at Nogueira. Yes, exactly. Well, Nogueira, <clears throat> Nogueira was a guy who just. And Jacare. He, he was able to be composed under pressure. Speaking about arm dislocations we have to talk about <laughs> definitely not my favorite fighter not <laughs> anymore, anymore. <laughs> well, I, st- I love how anymore <laughs> god damn it I don't I have no idea where this came from who is your, I, who is your actual favorite fighter? I literally just threw it out there one time and <laughs> I think stuck. you did and it stuck who is your actual favorite fighter so we can set the record straight Matt the Immortal Brown or Zabit Magomed Sharapov? Those are my people two. that aren't fighting anymore. Great. Who's your They're favorite not, active Matt, fighter? Uh, favorite active fighter on the UFC roster. On the UFC roster. Uh, that's so hard because I have different reasons for liking different fighters. Uh, I would probably say uh, Adrian Yanez is really high up there for me right now. You're, uh, you're so what uh, you're such an obscure like what in the actual fuck are you talking about adrian Giannis is a good fighter and his boxing is fantastic in the bantamweight division he's not even in the title contention adrian Giannis nah. is literally no one's favorite fighter give us a real answer <laughs> this is so silly uh that i mean that that was a very high up there kevin holland's funny i'd probably put him up there in terms of favorites what about a guy like brandon moreno well, Brandon Moreno, I mean, you know, he, you know, he's probably my favorite fighter. You just don't want to be the guy that I your don't favorite, have a favorite fighter is a champion or number one contender. Brandon Moreno was a champion and a number right, one but contender. you went with Adrian Yanez. <laughs> he's like, I look forward to watching him fight. It is likely that is the only time you've mentioned him in the history of this show. He's, he's getting in on the ground level of Adrian Hardly. Yanez. <laughs> Hardly. <laughs> This is the difference between a hipster and somebody who's actually cool is I like Adrian Yanez now. <laughs> and when he's a prospect, like no, that makes you a hipster. Years, that then, makes you a hipster. Then yeah. I, can like, I liked hipster. Adrian Yanez before he was cool. <laughs> I did. Cause I'm from Texas. <laughs> I think that, okay. Uh, I can understand that the Texas aspect. I got that. I okay. can't. <laughs> Does that make you a Jeff you, Neal fan as well? Yeah. Hands of steel, man. He's the man. And Valentina Shevchenko. But she's not from Texas. But she trains here. (laughs) She trains in Vegas. She trains on a fucking boat, bro. Her camp is in Texas. She travels around the world. She comes here to shoot. She lives on a boat. (laughs) (laughs) This is so silly. I think Brandon Moreno might be my top. He he really might be. Like if I assassin baby, that's a great choice. If if I could meet a fighter and have the opportunity to actually have some time and engage, he'd probably be the one I want to because hmm. he seems like he'd be the most fun. But fuck TJ Dillashaw, he's a dick bag. And where fact- do you guys land on this, dude? I am so like just the fact. Okay, so at first, uh, let me rewind. At first, right, watching the fight, we're texting back and forth. I was applauding his level of toughness for just being able to continue to try and be competitive so let me let me jump in on that note because it's very relevant i don't like when we talk about uh chris moutinho being tough or (laughs) or uh 
<laughs> See, I've already forgotten her name. Um, Talia Santos? No. No, Juliana Pena being tough just because they can take punishment. Your shoulder coming out 20 seconds into the fight and then coming out again <laughs> and then coming out what I think was a third time, having coming off 20 dislocations in training camp while a guy like Aljamain Sterling just punishes you for seven and a half minutes. That's what being tough is. Mm-hmm. Carry on. Um, okay, very valid point. After the fact, post-fight interview where he said, like, yeah, it dislocated 20 times in training camp, and I didn't want to hold the division, like, immediately, emotional response. I'm like, fuck you. Yeah. Like, you knew you, knew you weren't going to win. Whoa, what did, did you, you do to your audio? Oh, sorry. Yeah, my, 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 my immediate apologies. reaction was like, oh, it's better now. No, dude, fuck you. You're never going to win that fight to Aaron's mm-hmm. point, right? You'll never win that fight. And you still took the fight. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. the, everything came out after the fact you were not embedded. You didn't do the mm-hmm. open workouts. You didn't do any of the interviews. You ducked everybody. And you just, and you were able to pass the medicals, which that's a whole separate story. Mm-hmm. And I get it. If somebody's being deceptive and saying they feel <clears throat> fine, a doctor, unless they're really looking for a specific thing, is not going to be able to tell that his shoulder is fucking fucked. Yeah. And if you're but, going in there and you not and you can't win, there's no you're not in there to compete. There's not it's not an athletic competition. You're in there to get a paycheck and pay your team and fuck the fans and fuck the gamblers and and fuck the bookies and every every person involved because you're not going to last 5 rounds with one arm. Like there's no possible way he could actually have believed that he was going to be competitive, let alone win. And in that case, hold so, up the division. What? So I disagree with you there from every, everything I've heard on other shows talking about TJ Dillashaw. I do think he thinks he can win every fight. Um, one, then he needs one, responsible coaches, one straight right hand. I agree with you there for sure. Um, the problem, though, for me is it's everything you guys just said. And it's really disrespectful to Aljamain because he became the champion under strange oh, circumstances. Yeah. He defended. Some people think Jan won that fight. He didn't, but people think he did. And now this. So it's like Aljamain is a really, really skilled fighter who probably would have beat TJ anyway. But... He's he's just got this weird kind of it's almost like there's his his championship is highlighted because you got to read the footnotes or something. And every every win has an asterisk next. Yeah. And I hate that for him because he he is a better fighter than that. Mm -hmm. He really is. TJ's. No, it's not his fault. TJ's. None of it is his fault. TJ's team let him take a whole lot more punishment than he needed to take. Mm -hmm. And he again, from everything I've ever heard anyone say about him, he will not. He is ready to die in there. The team has to get him out of his own way. They have to. It's mm-hmm. it's it's like a it's like a them not meeting their fiduciary responsibility, even though money is only yeah. partially like it should be criminal as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. You're, they should be. I mean, it was in Abu Dhabi. If it was in like Nevada or something, I I do wonder if they maybe would have all been suspended for a certain period of time. 
Yeah. By well, an athletic I, commission. I think about like if I had a physical therapist and I mean, you sign a waiver. Well, I guess that's it, right? You sign a waiver that says they're not responsible for anything. They get fucked up. But if they tell me to do a stretch wrong for six months and then I walk funny for the rest of my life. Right. You know, they're liable. I You'd go after them for TJ. It's like his his camp is telling him to do things that are ruining his career. Uh, and possibly his livelihood. Mm-hmm. And my guess is that <laughs> they're just getting paid for it. But um, he's 37, man. Yeah, this <laughs> is, I mean, he, this is it. He should be rounding down. And He's going to get surgery. He's going to come back. He's going to fight probably two more times, but they're going to have to be legacy fights. Yeah. Right? The like Dominic Cruz type fights. Yeah, that's, Cruz was the guy I was thinking of for him. Oh, that'd be good. Dominic Cruz, I mean, it was a rematch, right? That's how he won his first title. He'd be Dominic Cruz. It would be a great rematch. And yeah. they're comparable nah. in age. No, he um, won his first title off Hennon Burrow. Hennon Burrow? All right. Well, I stand yeah. corrected. Yeah. He has not beat Dominic Cruz. Dominic Cruz beat him by decision. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And then Cody yeah. beat him. And was yeah, like, Cody did you. beat him. <laughs> uh, there was somebody else though in uh, the Dillashaw camp uh, that has almost the exact same shoulder injury, and now there's concern that maybe somebody in the camp, conditioning wise, or somebody in the well, training team, has the guy sh- who does the the physical training. Yeah, maybe it's the way he's doing it because you're right, and I can't think of the other. It's another fighter, yeah, who had a similar injury with their shoulder, mm-hmm. and they're wondering if there's a um, a correlation to the training the, method the or training something, methods, right? Yeah. That how not could there not be? How could there not be? Yeah, and then to be quite honest, right? It's it's highly likely that's the case. Yeah, I guess one argument could be made that they are wrestlers. You know, and primarily wrestlers have a lot of neck and shoulder um, issues as they get older. But I mean, like, come on, like two, yeah. two in close relation in terms of time. That's mm-hmm. that's suspect. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of suspect, we should move into the people's co-main event of USC 280. Piotr Jan. You guys aren't going to like what I have to say about this. Lost a split decision to Sean O'Malley. I'm coming way more around to the idea that Sean O'Malley just won this fight. Me and, too. You know, not not that, like there was not a robbery, I should say. Um and and my I'm going to I'm going to put it this way. In the TJ Dillashaw Aljamain Sterling fight round 1 was 10-9 for Aljamain Sterling. And all of the rounds in the Piotr on Sean O'Malley fight were 10 nines but they were close <laughs> so like that's just a discrepancy i have with with the rounds and judging because i mean that first round between tj and alger was like a 10 7 let's be real he dislocated his shoulder in 20 seconds and got beat up for four and a half minutes that being said i re-watched the fight and i give sean o'malley round one and round three even though that Piotr Jan had quote unquote control, there was no clear purpose to finish the fight with that control. He was fighting Sean O'Malley's 
attempts to get up. He wasn't attempting a, a submission. You know, he was, even though he was, he was fighting to control, not to win. Right. Uh, and ever, and Sean had more impact standing up. I, I liked Sean. I, I actually do think he, he got lucky with the judges he had. That's me. So I'm with you. I think, and I actually think split decision is the right way for him to win this. I initially thought it was bad for his career. I told you guys that mm-hmm. I have come around on that. I think him winning is good for his career. Him getting a title shot is good for his career. Um, furthermore, to your point, he, yeah. Okay. Five minutes and 44 seconds of control time. And he did exactly nothing with it. There was never a point where Sean was in danger of getting stopped when they were on the ground. Mm-mm. Never a point. Nope. And Sean on the feet had Jan in danger of getting stopped at least twice, if not three times. Mm-hmm. And his one, one 50% of his ability punch from ending that fight. So round one is the issue, right? Most people seem to agree. O'Malley were on one round three. Jan won two. If that's a five round fight, Sean stops it in the fourth. Gets the stoppage in the fourth. That cut was so bad. You don't and know that. frankly, <laughs> frankly, so many people, I'm not even, this is not even a veiled shot at what Ryan said. So many people thought Jan was going to run right through him. And Sean more than held his own. Showed exactly how skilled he is. Surprised everyone, except for maybe him and a handful of his coaches, for how freaking good he is. And, and that's that. Damage matters. What would you guys rather have? I put this in the in the note. Would you rather have an outcome like fucking Leon Edwards and Kamaru Usman, where Usman dominates for literally four minutes and 42 seconds, and then not a fluke, but mm-hmm. a fluke happens, and he and now we have a new champion, or or something like this, where a very competitive fight gets a decision you maybe didn't agree with? And, and that's an honest question. I'd rather have this. Me too. Definitely. And you know what? You're right in that there's kind of this made me think about how there's sort of a procedural decision, which to me is like who won within the rules. And then there's an existential winner as well, which is if this fight had no time limit, maybe not to the death, but at least till somebody is no longer able to continue, who would have won? And I don't know that Sean O'Malley would have won that because, I mean, Piotr Jan ended the fight with a great takedown on top, you know? But like like Dom was saying, though, if that goes to the fourth or the fifth, you get Leon Edwards moments from people like Sean O'Malley because he does catch Piotr Jan, and he did. So, uh, I like O'Malley being at, uh, up at a top contender spot anyway, especially for bantamweight. So Cejudo doesn't come back. Well, hang on. What's Ryan? What's the rebuttal? Everything you guys said, I don't disagree with, right? Having Sean O'Malley as the quote unquote number one contender is more exciting. It's a, it's a, it's a new concept and somebody who has been very exciting in, in previous fights and showed something in this fight that was the biggest question. What is his ability to step up and be competitive against the top tier level of competition? Mm-hmm. And we found out that 
he dug down into a place that we've never seen him go to and be that guy. However, mm-hmm. his ground game is not that good. No, his right? ground He's game not, is bad. Is his defense was good. not bad, though. You can't argue that. He was able to get back up to his feet after a period of time. Piotr Jan is a kickboxer. He is also known for having very effective takedowns, but he's not known for being the guy to keep it there, like an Aljamain Sterling who's just going to dominate you on the ground and not allow you to get back up. Um, and then he was he used his distance very well. That's mm-hmm. the best thing I could say about it. Yeah. He was long. He was hitting at the end of his strikes, and he was using great angles. Everything that we knew that he could do previously, he was doing it against top-tier competition. Mm-hmm. I just... You guys know. <laughs> After the fight, I was like, that's fucking bullshit. Purion won that fight. And I thought he won round one. I thought it was fairly clear just by his level of domination. However, in hindsight, right, knowing that there's been a change to the rules and how you score these fights and it's based upon the most dominating factor is damage, Yeah, John O'Malley caused the most damage. So mm-hmm. I don't disagree with it now. Like in hindsight, it makes sense. However, the fact that Sean O'Malley himself was surprised that he won the fight <laughs> was like oh wow i'm gonna have to watch that again like yeah you can't say that i was wrong to say or, or other people were wrong to say like questioning the decision and the fact that all of all of the mma beat writers whoever were contributing to espn there was not a single fucking one that gave that fight to <laughs> so not I want to single fucking one. I want to say this. I'm not saying you or any of them are necessarily wrong. And as they were reading the decision, I fully expected them to say Pyotrion. I'm not saying I think he won again. <clears throat> I actually think the split decision is the right call if you are factoring in damage and the fact that Jan did nothing with all of that control time. Mm-hmm. I was surprised because we've seen that exact fight before go to the guy with more con- or girl with more, con- more control time. We've seen that before. And I think the writers are looking at it with that lens. I for sure thought that's how the call was going to go. And it, it just didn't go that way for, for whatever reason. I, you know, you could say the fix was in certainly combat sports judges have earned their reputation. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. you know, it, it's, it's a little weird. But I think we're all kind of in agreement, actually. You could make the argument Jan won. If you factor in damage, though, it's it's really not close. Yeah, yeah and I think about, like, Aljamain Sterling when he beat Piotr Jan in their second fight. He rode him like a backpack. He won fight. that by holding him down. Yeah, he won it with control, but he was trying to do something with it. He was searching for a submission. He was hitting. He was changing his position to mm-hmm. go for new shit. Uh, somewhat. I mean, he mostly rode the back. Uh, but uh, with with Piotr, when he was in controlling positions of Sean O'Malley, he just used it to get a couple of shots in. Maybe. But it was more or like he was scoring the points. He felt that he was scoring the control points by preventing Sean O'Malley from doing anything. There's a lot more uh, sway 
towards effective offense now than there is towards control. You know, it's like, and I like it. I like it myself. It, it makes it a little more interesting. If they want to value the control time, they need to adopt, adopt something from the combat or competitive rather jujitsu rules mm-hmm. where you get a quarter point for passing a guard and a, a half point for this and a full point for this other thing. And you take the back this way. You you got to give something because I people understand significant strikes. People understand 63 head strikes versus 24 head strikes. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you get him down on the ground and then divide it up over 15 minutes. You spent one of every five minutes or slightly more than one of every five minutes trying to keep him there versus him getting up. But he did every time. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. You know, I. <laughs> it was a strange <laughs> fight. It wasn't necessarily... I, I don't know. I actually kind of thought this was going to be what we, a version of this is what we were going to see from Oliveira and Makachev. You, yeah. you know, what yeah. you said is correct, but one of the thing that is currently in place that they could adopt, which I'm not saying they will, and they probably won't, is that one fighting championship has part of their rule set in, in their, in scoring takedown defense, Right. In the current rules for the UFC, you don't get any points for defending a takedown, right? It's just neutralized. Where if you have somebody who, like Israel Adesanya, who is close to 100%, probably in the 90 Mm -hmm. percentile mark in terms of his takedown defense, he would score points in one fighting championship for his ability to defend the takedown. That's nice. which, Which kind of benefit strikers in this regard as opposed to people that are just known for they take down they control there's ground and pound and they essentially like nullify any type of offense from their competitor yep mm-hmm. it's exciting i think sean and aljo would be would be an exciting fight uh if if Cejudo doesn't come around um i think that I mean, Sean is his own manager too, so he'd kind of be making some waves in that way, which is pretty cool. Uh, I hope he's making bank. I mean, maybe having a manager would have yielded him some more money, but who knows? Uh, but Aljamain would be interesting. I, I think of Aljamain um, getting knocked out by via flying knee. Uh, and O'Malley has great knees, so I think that would be competitive. Uh, but if it goes to the ground, I have a lot of worries for for O'Malley. Um, but I, I <laughs> he would be oh, a fun bet to place. He would oh, be a fun to the ground. <laughs> it would be fun. It'd be a fun bet to place anyway. Let's cap off the main card of the prelims. Uh, B. Neil Daryush halted Mateus Gamrot's hype train a little bit with a decision, unanimous. Um, Benil, lightweight, with uh, with everything, the logjam we just talked about, What? where does he stand? Is he just like, we need to put somebody in a belt fight, let's go, Benil, or what does he do now? Because I genuinely don't know. It's tough. What the fuck do you do with him? Because... He's on what's his fight win streak now? It's I think it's eight, eight, yeah, eight or nine. Mm-hmm. He's, 
he's come off an injury. He took a, a matchup that was it's supposed a, to be bad for him. And and he won, right? He was he showed super well-roundedness. Like that's not really a, a great term, but he showed how well-rounded he was in that fight and his ability to stop somebody who was as frenetic as Mateusz Gamrot is, his ability <laughs> to just nullify that. Mm-hmm. So who does he fight? I mean, I, honestly, I don't have an answer. I don't either. I mean, unless you want to give him Charles Oliveira. I actually think that would be a reasonable fight. If Islam's going to fight Alex Volkanovsky and Poirier and Gaethje are going to fight for top contender, let's let Benil and Charles fight for this next top contender spot. I think uh, they're both they're both a little older or at least have some longevity in the sport. And uh, let's see if Charles can restart his streak and end Benil's. I'd be in for it. And Benil's tough. Let's see how tough. Uh, and then we had Katie Chooks losing her decision to Manon Foireau. Exactly. This fight went pretty much exactly how we thought it was going to go. <laughs> and uh, congrats to Manon for the aggressive uh, approach to Katie Chooks and winning her fight. Ah. <laughs> uh, Yep. That's a fun one. We there's there's so many things that we have to talk about um outside, but was there any other pretty neat stuff that we have to re-recap? I don't think so. House of the Dragon was fun. That ended. I enjoyed it. Season two will be cool. They stuck the landing. They did. They, they actually returned a little bit back to the books in terms of how that ended. The only thing I wanted to see was you know, spoiler alert is uh, uh, Jace or Jaharis, uh, the oldest son of Rhaenyra, landing in Winterfell. You know, mm, or or in the yes. Riverlands. Yeah. To uh, yeah. to gain the, you know, uh, Starks and the the Starks Greyjoys and the Tullys, um, their 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 oaths of allegiance, essentially, mm-hmm. um, and the fact that in the books the Lord of Winterfell is essentially the same age at that point in time as Jaharis. So I wanted to mm-hmm. see like how that bro, bro, bro ship was going to yeah. play out, but it was fucking great. And you know, my wife um, summed it up best, like uh Vagar chomping, chomping down on Luke and his yeah. poor sweet little dragon. Uh, spoiler alert. Sorry. <laughs> Arax. Yeah. Arax. Um, looks so small. And then just like delivering that news and you just see the face and the anger and then that's it. And we're going to have to wait 18 months essentially for the next next season to, to, to come out. I'm like, yeah, you're right. Like what the fuck are we doing? We should be filming these things. Like um, the showrunners announced that they think it will be coming out within a year. They, I heard uh, one of them say they're still working on writing season two. I heard the same thing just that they were still weekend. writing it. Yeah. I heard today that they're gonna they're already starting to film in 2023, early 2023, with everything pacing as it is. Uh, and the first episodes could be ready by December of next year. So maybe Ooh. not 18 months, but 
10 to 14 yeah, 14 15 uh not to hmm. mention the john snow spinoff so i mean it's not like they're gonna have to do stage reconstruction or anything like this they've they're clearly maintaining all of the sound stages um for all i think of the we spin-offs. need a john snow spinoff i'll say that um rumors there's gonna be an animated one too i thought that was early see a john snow spinoff uh i guess maybe i do yeah, i love go ghosts. like north of the wall that's yeah. where you know that's where we really last saw him right yes a yeah. fucking aria spinoff where she yes. goes west mm-hmm. if you read the books where she goes west in the sailing ship yes mm-hmm. that would be badass yeah yes. i could see that happening especially as if the same actress comes of age because they are revisiting the same similar casts which is um, pretty cool so the book have you read the ryan i know i've asked you have you read the book um house of blood uh fire fire and blood and then they there's a new one like a Mm. separate edition of it that came out yesterday called the rise of the dragon i have not read them so it it is not a traditional book the newest one has a lot of like really impressive artwork in it um it's more textbook but it's being told by a maester who um is designed to be kind of a uh unreliable narrator Okay. Because some of the storylines do not add up, which is on purpose. Isn't um, isn't that how um, the Fire and Blood is told as well? Where it's, yes, it's told yeah, from they, unreliable narrators. They both are, and it's it's the same. It's the same story, I guess. Just the one that came out yesterday is a different edition of it. Okay, um, with more artwork. Um, but it's told from the perspective of a, of an unreliable narrator, and I guess some people, and I suppose I have both of them. I could read it. I, I plan to. Some people think Luke doesn't die, that he ends up surviving that somehow and getting amnesia and becoming like a a fisherman's boy or something. How the Um, fuck does that happen? Yeah, that would be a real bad choice. But that scene when he gets off the dragon and you see the silhouette, it's like, oh, yeah, holy (laughs) shit. And then the one where it's flying under them is like, oh, man. Yeah. yeah, I mean, so you're just good. like when you're when you see him flying in the weather, you're yeah. just waiting for that shot of like seeing the size discrepancy. Like Vagar, obviously, if you don't know, he's the largest dragon in existence at the time, the largest so, living. Yeah, yeah, and Arax is a juvenile dragon because mm-hmm. he was in Luke's crib when he yeah, was young. born to hatch, and Vagar is. She was old. Yeah, like, I think he's one of the original uh, conquerors dragons. Either yeah. one of his or his wife's. So it's just like you're talking about Vagar. Uh, Vagar. Yeah. So Balerion, Balerion's the biggest, right? And then Vagar. The yeah. Uh, Visenya Targaryen, and then Balon, then Lena, then Amond. Uh, Road Vagar, and yes. then Balerion, and then the one that. Damon was singing to at the end is Vermithor. Vermithor, which mm-hmm. was uh Jaehaerys's the Correct. previous king's dragon, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like the idea that uh the the so-called magic that lets the Targaryens be dragon riders is connected to their purpose of defeating the White Walkers. And that the further their intentions get from serving that purpose at some point and protecting that purpose, the less control they have over the dragons. Uh, and that the 
as people's uh, dragon riders uh, intention is going more towards control and the realm, the dragons respond less, which is actually why they attacked one another in the show uh, against their riders wishes. And they were, yeah, they were both using that same command that serve me. Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. they just, it was just clear that the, they were not doing it for that. So they just turned into wild dragons. It was a scared little dragon and a tiny and a big hungry dragon. What do you want? Do, Doheres is the <laughs> Valerian for like all must serve. And I think it's like a, it's, hmm. it's, it's a, it's from that, that they yeah. use the, those words for obey me. Mm-hmm. I really like um, how they ended the last episode with this, with the same shot as they ended the pilot. Uh, with the camera moving in on Rhaenyra's face, uh, but obviously for different reasons. The first time was when she was named heir, so she looks proud and excited about the throne, and this time she's just, like, so filled with vengeance and, like, gonna burn everything. I love it. I love so, it. I'm wondering um, where... Who, who's gonna ride Vermithor? I think the one of the valerian girls it seems like right well it seems like what they're doing is obviously daemon wants to harness dragon power because obviously he has a strong belief that dragons are what's what gives the targaryens mm-hmm. their power and also what's going to win the war now dragon trainers could also be dragon riders then you got all the people that have valerian blood that could also be dragon riders AKA all of um, Aegon the Second's bastards, right? That are running around in uh, King's Landing yeah. that could potentially grow up to ride dragons mm. because they have Targaryen blood. But you could potentially do the same because obviously uh, Luke, Lucerys, Jaehaerys, uh, Rhaenyra's kids from um, Mr. Strong are not pure targaryen blood but also they can ride dragons because they fucking have dragons so obviously point proven um so i think there's going to be like a like a uh arms race to a certain degree of of getting (laughs) yeah people that can ride dragons so they can use them to fight and and then uh we'll see what happens right because this In the in the book, from what I understand, the Dance of Dragons only really lasts about two years. Now, I don't necessarily think they would take the rest of the series covering the Dance of Quote Dragons, but obviously they would figure out how to articulate the aftermath of that. Yeah. In setting up what is to be a pretty fully fleshed out prequel to Game of Thrones. And George R. R. Martin confirmed something that, like, he's worked with the show directly on 17 of the dragons. So something like 17 dragons are supposedly going to be involved in season two. Well, <laughs> they have 12 or 13 plus the eggs that Damon harvested. Yeah. So it's we're right there. So uh, the Dance of Dragons was a two-year war, 129-131 after Conquest, which, as I'm sure you guys know, is after the conquest of Aegon the first. Mm-hmm. Um, don't Google it unless you are really okay with super crazy major spoilers. <laughs> um, it's about the journey, right? Not the, <laughs> not the, 
not the destination um yeah yeah well it's fun to speculate on the destination that's exactly why we make picks in fact if you (laughs) if you uh there is a pretty cool art depiction of uh the the dragon scene we saw at the end of the first season um Hmm. as they leave storm's end and what happens to Arax. I've definitely seen spoilers. Vagar. Yeah. Uh but it was a long time ago. I uh a channel I like on YouTube is called Useful Charts. They provide charts that are useful. And <laughs> they made one that was a, a Game of Thrones family trees. And it was really, really cool. <laughs> the issue I have is too many of them have the same name. Yeah, that's pretty. That's hard. that's the only slight nitpick I'm gonna have. I, I think the, I'm I was out on it after the last season of the show Game of Thrones, and now with the book and this show and some of the sort of supplementary materials, I am I am right back <laughs> in. Yeah, I re, we restarted uh, Game of Thrones. We're about five episodes into season one. We decided, pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, we're into it. Uh Let's, uh, there's a few sporting events this weekend. We should talk about them. And now it's time for the Pretty Neat Podcast Picks. Woohoo! UFC Fight Night, <laughs> Qatar versus Allen. From the UFC Apex in Las Vegas is this Saturday. Uh, before that, there is a Bellator card as well, which should be fun. AJ McKee is fighting. That'll be cool. Um, Leon Edwards, Fabrizio is fighting. Uh, he beat Leoto Machida in his last fight. Wait, Leon Edwards? Yeah, Leon. Uh, his brother, not Leon Edwards. Yeah, his little brother, Fabrizio. Oh, oh, I see. I see. Sorry. Yeah, so... I heard that in my head differently. <laughs> so that'll be cool. Uh, I believe there's a boxing match. Is there? Yeah. Isn't there a boxing match this weekend? There is. Have you guys tried? Let's let's. Do you have the Dom Dome queued up? <laughs> Always. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's part of this. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, so Logan Paul and KSI have prime hydration. Have you guys tried this? No. Aaron, pull it up. Prime hydration. Yep. I prefer. We did have this discussion at one point. I prefer liquid IV. Right there. Yep. Oh, geez. So they are not a competitor with liquid IV. They are more a competitor to Gatorade and uh, like body armor. Okay. Body Armor, of course, started by Mike Trout, Kobe Bryant, several other of my favorite athletes. I hate to say it, Prime is better. Um, <laughs> and they're eventually going to sell this to someone and make $2 billion. So, yeah, we can say whatever we want, but why is it good? Um, flavor? Yeah, I mean, it's it's super basic bitch stuff, but just the flavor. So the Meta Moon, very good. The blue raspberry, a little sweet for me. 
Mm-hmm. Um, lemon lime, very good. I've not had the grape. I'm not a grape person. Tropical punch I have in the fridge right now. Um, the ice pop, it's supposed to taste like one of those rocket pops. Yeah. So good. <laughs> so good. I've hey. not had the orange. I'm not a big orange fan either. So it's so if honestly, Jake, if Jake doesn't get rich boxing, then Logan's going to get rich hydrating everyone. I mean, they're already pretty rich, but th- this <laughs> is the type of thing. There's a YouTuber that I have recently gotten into um, that I was like aware of. I was aware of one of his sub channels um, or his other channels, not his main one. It's because I, I call it sub, but he has more than 2 million subscribers to it. So it's hard to it's hard mm-hmm. to call it like a secondary thing. Um, and I I bought something pretty expensive yesterday or the day before from from his store that he sells stuff on because I, I watched a 30 minute video of him breaking it down. I was like, you know what? That fits like a ton of needs in my life. And <laughs> compared to similar products, no free shout outs that are in that same quality range that they're claiming to be, it's actually a fair price. So it's not here yet. We'll see. Um, but this prime, you can get it at Target. You can get it. You can get it all over the place. Uh, pick one up huh. when you see it because they are. I got to give credit where credit's due. I will. I will. What about the other Paul brother? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. You really? Did you? Hello. So Le'Veon Bell, Uriah Hall. I'd really. I want to. Oh, there you are. Um. There Ryan, have, have you had prime hydration? I am not, but you said it was good. It's so good. You got to try it. Just pick one up at Target. It's so good. Anyway, um, is Lomachenko coming back this weekend too? Uh, I don't know if it's this weekend, it's but it soon. might be. It might. It might be this weekend. Aaron, go to schedule at the top. I don't know. Um, we're not getting Terrence Crawford, Errol Spence. That's a bummer. Is um, we talked about that last week. When is Lomachenko? Oh, no, yeah, it's, it's Saturday. Cool. Which is great. I mean, he's going to demolish Jermaine Ortiz. Ortiz. I don't know why I said Ortiz. I'm not Brazilian. Um, <laughs> and then did you, did we, did you guys um, say this while I was away, but that the betting odds have changed and now Jake Paul is a betting favorite? against Anderson Silva. Did you see so, that? Well, Anderson Silva said he got knocked out three times in training or two times in training. And then he said, no, no, I got knocked down. Right. <laughs> it could be translation because he's speaking in Brazilian or Portuguese. It sorry. could be. It could be. And to be quite honest, like, didn't he look good against his, in his last fight? Do you think he would get a, would have gotten knocked out two times? It's not out of the realm of possibility, but do you think that's the? <laughs> I don't think Silva's getting knocked out. Even in his last fight, he still looked really quick, at but least he... quicker than Tyron. Do you think he got knocked out in training? Do you think that's no, realistic? I no. have no fucking idea. I don't. I don't think it's realistic. I think uh, if it was real, we wouldn't have heard about it. Um. We didn't hear about it when it happened Anthony Joshua before Andrew Ruiz won. So until after the fact. Um, Did you see Anthony Joshua's music video? No, I, and I don't want to. <laughs> this is where the Dom Dom comes into play, though, with the Anderson Silva <laughs> knockout slash knockdown. 
this is the type of thing with Jake Paul where it's it's kind of the inverse. It's like the upside down. God, there's that's a stranger thing's called back for you. It's like the upside down version of what's going on with Aljamain Sterling, where like stuff out of his control. Jake Paul has had some kind of weird things now, this being the third of his last three fights. Um, he did not fight Rachmanov, or he's not fighting Rachmanov like he's supposed right. to. Right. Um, a guy who I think most real boxing fans are pretty sure would have beat him. Um he, you know is i don't know what sort of sanctions this this thing has it's in arizona is it going as an actual professional fight i don't know (laughs) um i guess it is right it's this is one of those things where it's like all right is is the fix in here now tyron woodley is not going to let jake paul just fucking flatline him like that so silva no 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 tyron woodley because i'm saying like woodley was a woodley was a late replacement too Right. So it's like, okay, are, is this, are we being played a little bit here? Is this a YouTube video, not an actual boxing match? Be, mm-hmm. But then that was like severe head trauma, apparently. Mm-hmm. Tyron Woodley took, unless it was an acting job and he just went catatonic for a little while. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I don't see Silva getting hit like that. I just don't. Well, Silva's quite a bit bigger than Tyron Woodley. Yeah. So that'll this be tougher. This is actually the first fight where Jake Paul is going to fight somebody of commensurate size. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Quite a bit bigger. At least, especially with reach as well. I yeah. guess I guess I have a hard time. I'm interested to see what happens here. I have a hard time. The, the Jake Paul thing, to me... Now, here's the thing. I don't really actually know any Jake or Logan Paul fans. Save for my younger brother, who is a huge Logan and Jake Paul fan and has been for as long as I can remember, legitimately <laughs> years and years. So I, I have a hard time believing that this whole Jake Paul experience isn't predicated on him staying undefeated. Yeah, that's true. It might so, be the it, it it is hard for me to think and i i do think he has a savvy business mind i know his brother does i know they have smart people around them you don't turn youtube videos into the amount of money they have without having something something kind of pushing the the issue if you will and i'm not knocking them for that it's just a fact so yeah. so my thing is if he loses it feels like this whole thing stops but also <laughs> but also if he loses well, mm-hmm. okay, great. I lost to maybe the best UFC fighter of all time in my sixth pro fight. That's not a big deal. Yeah. So he he can play it either way, I guess, because yeah. I don't think Silva will knock him out. And I certainly don't think Silva will win a decision because I'm just not positive this is a real fight. Because on this same card, this is the Dom Dom for you, a former running back and Uriah Hall are fighting. And and I we talked about this a little bit, but let's really break it down just a couple of days before the fight. This is a really bad look for all of combat sports if your eye hall loses. Yeah. It delegitimizes almost everything. It really does. Especially if, if Silva loses a fucking too. Run, a former running back knockout, somebody <laughs> who won the UFC Ultimate Fighter show. Yeah. A guy who many a guy who many win. training partners said that win? Calvin Gaston would be they say if you put like TJ Dillashaw's mind into Uriah Hall's body, 
you have a guy who defends the belt 11 times. Oh, yeah. I could so, see that. <laughs> that's what they say about your eye hall. So it's like well, one he, th- he can't lose to a running back. It, it, it can't it can't happen. Yeah, well, what you said before about how the Jake Paul train might be predicated on his being undefeated, I think that if he loses a competitive decision to Anderson Silva, that that would be as close to good, uh, best case scenario, as winning a convincing decision over Anderson Silva. Like, if he knocks Silva out, it can be called a fluke over and over again or he's old or he got knocked out three times during training and he did it to Tyron as well and blah 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 but if he's like if it's convincing and competitive then it might be a good look for for Paul for sure well and Um, and to my point about his fans again I don't know many of them except my brother my brother will not if now if Jake Paul could get knocked out inside of 30 seconds in round one and my he's not going to lose a single fan. So I, I guess I, I have answered my own question. Maybe just the boxing part of what he does stops, or maybe we see him do like some weird celebrity stuff, or maybe the boxing thing continues. And he just says, yeah, I lost to a literal legend. Yeah. That, that's just not and, that and bad. He he's a clips and sound bites guy. And that's what his fans want. So it's like mm-hmm. yesterday may as well have been last year. So, yeah. It's going to be, I'm excited just to see some boxing again. Like I, I'm, I've, or not see some boxing again, just to see more. This is still step stones for me. Well, they're just getting kicked in the nuts by the UFC over and over again. Yeah. Right. So we don't get Tyson Fury versus Alexander Usyk. We get Tyson Fury against Derek Chisora for some reason. Tyson Fury apparently just not retiring. Like, yeah. Okay. Uh, we don't get Errol Spence, Ter- Terrence Crawford, which is the one everybody wants. You know, the UFC isn't missing on these. We get Volkanovski, Makachev right after Makachev, Charles Oliveira. Nobody mm-hmm. wants to see Tyson Fury fight Derek Chisora. <laughs> For what I guess is a third time. Yeah, it is a third time. It's a obviously it's a stay busy fight. And Tyson Fury saying like he's retiring. He's he's offering Anthony Joshua all these fights. It's just. Obviously, it's a uh, smoke and mirrors. Um, mm-hmm. The fight that we want to see is him fight Alexander Usyk, which, God willing, will happen in 2023. And then he can ride off in the sunset if he so chooses to. But, but yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of nonsense going on when it comes to that. It's it's just. It's just the problem boxing has. And and here, because I don't know. Does anyone think Derek Chisora can beat Tyson Fury? No. <laughs> Hell no. What, what are we even doing? It, uh, and freaking Dimitri Bivol, who we most recently saw, beat Canelo Alvarez is fighting on Saturday or, or a week later or whatever, too. So there is, like, guys fighting. Lomachenko was the fucking bell of the ball for a long time. Do you um, realize that Lomachenko is like 35, 36? Yeah. He's not going to be fighting much longer. If you go back and watch Lomachenko's run when he was nine and one, that man was a fucking magician. Uh, he's a little bit younger than that. He was born in 88. So he's like 30. He'll be 35 next year. Yeah, he's 34. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's it's nuts how good he was. It, Aaron, if you're looking for like a fun 
um, yeah. like 10 minute YouTube set of highlights. <laughs> he was a, and even like his dancing of the way he hits tennis balls. And then I think Gervonta Davis agreed to a fight as well. Right. Uh, Gervonta. Yeah. Oh, uh, with Ryan Garcia. Yeah. Yeah. He's going to fight Ryan Garcia. Yeah. The thing is with like Lomachenko, they want him to fight David Henney, which I want him to see him fight Devin Haney as well, but me too. Yeah. But like to your point, like the whole fucking problem with boxing is like getting people to just to make the goddamn matchups and, and do it. <laughs> wasting yeah. all these fucking people's primes. And then they're, we're fighting yeah. them super late in their career. And we're not seeing the type of competition that we could see that we are seeing in the UFC, which, Part of me wants to say, like, well, fucking, you know, the UFC can do it because they have a goddamn monopoly on it as well. And that's not fair, right? And the <laughs> boxing contestants have way more financial gain in the fact that they have control over who they fight. But at the same time, like, it's goddamn irritating as well because you just, Errol Spence and Terrence Crawford should be just, goddamn fighting. Just they really quick, fighting. LeBron James has scored 10 points or more in 1,100 straight NBA games. <laughs> yeah, well, he's really good at basketball. That stat doesn't it. make any sense. Anyway, I'm sorry. Terrence Crawford and Errol Spence should be fighting. And should the fact fighting. that they're not, it, it's... it's Terrence Crawford, Errol Spence, it's like Adesanya Pajeda. It's like Leon Edwards, Usman. It's like Makachev Oliver. It's it's that level it's, of fight. Or better, bigger. It's better or bigger. than all of that. Yeah. It's better than all of that. No, you're right. They're both, mm. com- they're both very proven. Yeah. Mm. It's going to be a fun weekend. Do you have any picks for uh any of those big boxing matches? No. I don't Anderson I don't want to wins. Anderson Silva mm. was a decision. I know Dom said he wouldn't do a decision, but he's just going to dominate him. Okay. I can gonna, I can see that. Dominate Jake Paul. I, I can, can even see, see I can see he's Paul's towel to. getting thrown in. No, Uriah Hall is going to knock out Le'Veon Bell. I hope so. I, I really hope so, hope so for the sake of <clears throat> MMA. Mm-hmm. And and I I love Calvin Cater. Yeah. I just don't know if he can stop the takedown from uh, Arnold Allen. I was I was going to say I got Arlen Allen, Arnold Allen all the way in this fight. Is this kind of Arnold Allen's coming out party? It would it be. Could be. The, it's the definitely it's the biggest step up in competition, mm-hmm. and for him, yeah, he beat Dan he Hooker. Win, yeah, yeah. Cater's got to. It's like Cater's got to bring knees and elbows, and and if his knees and elbows are not on point, he's just in for a mauling, and I don't see it going all five rounds. I would I would have Arnold Allen myself by finish, probably in the later rounds. Hmm. <clears throat> I like Arnold I, Allen here. I like Arnold too. This guy has been fighting for ten. He's been fighting since he was eighteen, effectively. Mm-hmm. The fights once a year. Fights once a year. That's yeah. the problem. He needs to fight more frequently. He does. If he wants to move up and be a contender, yeah, you got to keep your name out there, and 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 it fades after six months. And if you're not, and if he wants I, to be a champion, he's got to fight twice a year. At the rate the UFC is going, it fades the next Saturday. Yeah, it can. Is let me ask you this: What is the the number for the 
over under amount of times any of the three announcers on Saturday nights mentions UFC 280? <laughs> 10. 10? 10? Five. No, I was going to give you like three and a half over <laughs> or under three and a half times. <laughs> over. over where they mentioned 280. You think over? Uh, I think it's close. It's definitely not 10. <laughs> How many times are they going to mention 281? Uh, that I number mean, could be 10 and a half. That, no, yeah, it's a big yeah. fight. They're going to add so, another fight night right after this week. So. UFC, mm-hmm. it's next man up, it's next event up, and that's. Did you guys? Tyson Fury is literally the best boxer on earth. He's the heavyweight champion of the world, undisputed. Nobody thinks there's any heavyweight better than him. It used to be that the world of sports kind of moved around heavyweight boxing, and mm-hmm. now it's like, oh yeah, he's fighting December third. It's like that's in four <clears throat> and a half weeks. How come nobody knew about that? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a problem, and yet we've spent. We could talk in for an hour about this UFC fight night if we wanted to. There's some fun mm-hmm. names on here. Cleo Roundtree. Uh, is it Trayshawn yeah. Gore? Am I saying that right? Jared it's, Vandera. Uh, Gore. Mm-hmm. Dustin Jacoby. Dustin yeah. Jacoby. Uh, Andre Arlovsky, who is yeah. making his, his every two weeks appearance on a UFC fight card. <laughs> Joseph uh, Holmes mustache. Chase the Dream Hooper is coming back. Like, There's all yeah. kinds of shit we could get into if we wanted to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they and that's like the bo- boxing. They're the I don't know what it is with promoters, but the promoters aren't promoting how they could be. Well, somehow the the two biggest promoters on earth are complete fucking morons, and they so they have legacy failed their way to the top. Mm-hmm. Well, no, De La Hoya is not legacy, but certainly uh, Eddie Hearn is. But I think anyway, right? Wasn't his dad a big promoter? Or yeah. his uncle or something. Yeah. <laughs> well, regardless, the the nice oh, thing yeah. about well, his, his dad is just in the the order of British excellence or whatever OBE stands for. So yeah, so he's Sir or whatever. <laughs> it's not knighted. Uh, but uh, but like you were saying though, uh, it comes to with the territory of UFC how we things change in a week, right? Um, so there's always something to look forward to, and like Ryan said. There's more fights next weekend. There's another fight night. Like the, there's always mm-hmm. going to be something to talk about that's going to affect something that comes up in four weeks. Where like boxing, you know, is are there repercussions to anything coming up that are going to affect December third? Like probably not, right? So no, why no. talk about it? That's why I like MMA. It's because it's it's always going. <clears throat> like you were in saying fact- though. There's so many good fights on this right card. up to December 17th. We have one every Saturday, don't we? Yep. Yeah. I yeah. mean, you can't, it's, it's real hard to compete with that. And mm-hmm. you get the full weight of ESPN behind it. Um, MMA is a tab on the top bar of ESPN. Boxing isn't, it, you know. Yeah, it is. It is moving in when Dana White 20 years ago said, we're going to be bigger than boxing. He was on to something. Because I would argue it is now. I'm, more people would know who Conor McGregor is than Tyson Fury. No, if I, uh, I no. think so. Depending, no. depending it's, on where you it's ask, close. It's very close. More people here, but not internationally. Tyson Fury okay. is a big fucking deal, dude. Okay, Probably. but Conor is a huge deal too. So, yeah. yeah. Either way, uh, 
We talked about Calvin Cater and Arnold Allen. That's fun stuff. Tim the Dirty Bird Means is fighting Max Griffin. That's going to be a fun one. Also exciting. Uh, I don't see this being anywhere but the feet myself. Uh, and I lean towards Max Griffin initially. That's that's me. Okay. I mean, uh, I think the Dirty Bird takes that to the ground. But also, like, this is the co-main. This is garbage. Yeah. <laughs> There's so many other fights on here that could be the co-main. There, there, so there, I mean, the Dustin Jacoby Khalil Rowntree yep. fight is going to be awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm even stoked for Phil Haas, Roman Delize, because Roman <clears throat> Delize, who is another great Georgian fighter, and then Andre Lelovsky and, and Marcos Rogerio de Lima mm-hmm. as a heavyweight, like those are both pretty competitive. I would love to see those way higher up, not even on the prelims. Yeah. I think he, Chase, Chase Hooper should be the future prelim. Probably. Chase Hooper, yeah. future, I, I, I would be okay with that in, in, in the essence of having Andre Orlovsky and, and who did I say before that? Um, uh, Marcus. Uh, Phil Haas and uh, I like uh, Phil Haas. Roman DeLize mm-hmm. moved up to the main card. Those are way more competitive fights. Mm-hmm. And Khalil Roundtree should that that should be the co-main. That should be the co-main right there. I think so too. Khalil can gas. So I can see like if there's some gas issues with either of them, it's slowing down. But it's a good one to kick off uh the pay-per-view because it likely won't go more than a round and a half. Well, it's just a fight night, it's not a pay-per-view. Yeah. Right, right. And and Khalil, like if if he's on, because definitely with Khalil. And this is no disrespect because, yep, got to be. I mean, I understand it. It's mental. It's totally mental with him. And if he's not feeling it, he's just he's definitely nowhere near as as effective and dangerous as he could be. But when he's on, those low leg kicks are devastating. Yeah, his training in Thailand, like his training in Thailand conditioned his legs to the point of lethal. Dude, he he's he could be so good and it's all mental. Yeah. It's all mental. Like he obviously he doesn't have a very good ground game. He fights in mm-hmm. the heavyweight division outside of uh God, what's his face? Who's gonna fight in December? Who is the former champion, right? It's all standing fighters except for uh our other Russian counterpart. Mm-hmm. Um, he could be so good. He could be he could be top ten in that division, but for him, it's just the level of consistency is not there. I'm Jacoby's a, a good fight for him. Yeah. I, I, J- Jacoby's still a rookie, um, and I think that he's got a little. They've both got some hunger. They've they've got a nailed down their position in the top fifteen. If they want to stay there, I also have a lot of Dustin Jacoby's rookie cards, so, so I want their value to go up. <laughs> to your point that Dustin Jacoby should be the the featured or the co-main, sorry, right? That's what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. want them to be the co-main. Yeah, he, Dustin Jacoby is the only ranked fighter on this card outside of the main event. He absolutely should be the co-main. That's fucking mm-hmm. ridiculous. And mm-hmm. there is no women's fight on this card. Oh yeah, there's not. Boys are back in town. Except that the week after that, it's <laughs> it's all on November fifth. Um, it's a women's headliner, and then isn't that Lemos? Yeah, and uh, that's gonna be a good one. Marina Rodriguez. Is it gonna be a good one? 
I think it will be actually. Marina Rodriguez, Marina Rodriguez is good. She's fun to watch. She's really exciting. Okay. Um, <clears throat> I wish there was. Is there any Invicta coming out? I need to watch some Invicta. Um, I have a feeling that there's going to be some transitionings of the guard and women's uh, next year. I think what? that <laughs> this is a weird and early 2023 prediction, but I, I just feel like uh, Amanda is out. I, I don't think she's going to do anything. And I honestly don't know that victory is. Wait, wait, wait. What do you mean? Like, you think she's going to retire? Maybe. Yeah. Especially if she loses the 145 belt, also. Who is she going to lose the 145 belt to? Anybody who decides to challenge for it. What are you talking about? She lost her last fight. I I don't think the Steve there lost her last fight. Yeah. No, sorry. She won. She did win it back in convincing Uh, fashion, sir. Show some respect. I just don't think it's there. I just don't think it's there. This is this is this is one of the things. This is sometimes, sometimes these are my. Takes. Sometimes it drives me fucking crazy. Other times I'm like, all right, let's play this game. Out of nowhere, you're like, Amanda Nunez is out of steam. It's like she is what? <laughs> you She's know what down. I mean? I, okay. I was, well, like okay. seeing the Limos and Rodriguez uh, fight announcement, I was like, man, there's the the women's. It's just it's Valentina and it's Amanda, and like you think someone's gonna beat one of the two of them? Yeah, yeah, okay. I think I think one of their 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 hypes is going to be over. I, mean, I, I think know we Valentina saw it already. Sick. We saw time. it already. We saw Amanda lose, and then we saw her get it back. That's that's the end of that story. Now, if you want to say, I mean, Amanda's going to retire, and Strawweight could change hands the next five straight fights. Yeah. Okay. Now, now we have a discussion. But Valentina, I don't see it. I don't see Manon beating her. Not yet. I don't see Manon being either what as well. It's going to have to be a wrestler. Yes. Yeah, it is. Like Tyler Santos. Yeah. Hey, or, Anna. Hmm? Kayla Harrison. <laughs> At 145. Kayla Harrison's mm-hmm. never making 125. <laughs> <laughs> or who have we not talked about who's been the great American hope at 125 who's had the neck injury for God knows how long. Oh, see, I've already forgotten her name. Right. Is it Andrea Lee? No, Andrea Lee fights at, uh, she also fights at 125, but she's not, um, she's not who I'm thinking of. I I know who is it, not Tracy Cortez. No, I don't Tracy know. Cortez fights at 115 and she's with uh, Brian Ortega. Who we, I'm sorry, which weight class are we talking about? 125. Strawweight? Flyweight. Flyweight. Yeah, yeah, flyweight. I'm looking at the flyweight. I, Tracy Cortez is 13. I can't in think of. Are we talking about? Um, uh, geez, uh, I I can't. I I it's tip of my tongue. I was just thinking about her the other day too. Oh, it's right there, Tatiana Suarez. Yes, Tatiana yeah. Suarez. Yeah, Tatiana Suarez, her who who was unlimited hopeful. She was on the team. She got diagnosed with cancer while she was training for the Olympics. She won tough. She won tough. And I mean, she ran through the competition. Nobody could, nobody can compete with her pedigree. And then she might be on the list. She's, she's got, she might be on the list too. Uh, She, she has, she has many attributes anyway. um, (laughs) She, she also got like a run of bad luck with like just neck injuries. Really yeah. bad neck injuries. Yeah. 
She also knocked out Carla Esparza. Yep. And I mean, She's Carla Esparza is also mm-hmm. a wrestler. She's got nothing for her. So Carla's got nothing for her. What what is her status now? She we haven't seen her since June of 2019. Yeah, she's not even ranked anymore. She had she surgery. Had a fight scheduled somewhat recently, May of 21. I remember we talked about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but then that fight didn't happen. Is that right? I believe uh, she wasn't ready. No, no. There's an article about her May 19th, 2021. She beat Nina Nunes before she was Nina Nunes last in 2019. Hmm. Yep. Look at that. Knockout over Carla. Yeah, she's oh. uh, she beat Grasso, who just won and looked really yeah. good. Like you, this Nina, is Carla, Alexi Grasso, Vivian Pajeda. Bunch of no names. Yeah. So yeah. I like I said, next year. Maybe Tatiana comes back and I am Nostradamus. <laughs> if her literal three years of ring rust doesn't sort of work against her, I, I do think it's that type of skill set needed to be Shevchenko. I, I just don't see it happening otherwise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, fellas, that was a fine, fine night of conversation with y'all. But the time has come that I must retire. Yes. Yes. Learn to sing in High Valerian by our next episode. Okay. <laughs> I'll try. I'll call up uh, Mary and Pippin and have them sing me some of their... Nope, that's a different thing. Nope. Yeah, oh, that's got a totally it. different thing. I love that Damon knows all the dragon shit. Yeah. yeah. He's he, like, he, oh yeah. He, he read about it in Pentos. He's like, yeah, those ones, that's right. That's what he was studying. Mm-hmm. He's like, this is, I'll walk into the cave of the biggest one that's not, yeah. you know, as tame as a dragon can be and sing to it. And I'll, I'm, I'll harvest the eggs and incubate them. Like, I, I think that's dope. You, you know what? I know where you're going. Damon Targaryen, 2024. Oh, hey, you know why I love MMA so much? It's pretty neat. That is 100% true, but it's also good it brings us together. It, it, you know what? <laughs> Violence really does bring people together. Yes, let's get